Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by the wonderful Jahi Winston to talk all about his latest Netflix movie, We Have a Ghost. And I wanted to start by just asking a little bit about kind of how you found the initial inroad to your relationship with this character, because you're playing this really wonderfully complex young guy who, you know, isn't the loudest person in the room, not the first person to talk out loud, but has so many wonderful assets and contributions to give in every space that he walks into. And so when you first got the full script for it, what what was the initial connective tissue that you started to really find to build the foundation of who he was going to be in your performance? Um, yeah, so I, I got the script uh, a couple years ago. Chris Landon, our director, reached out to me and um, I, I read the script and I thought it was incredibly fun and I thought that it was grounded in a lot of heart. Um, and with Kevin, the thing that resonated with me is that you know, his life changes when he discovers this ghost and he goes on this magical adventure. But for the first part of the movie, he's he's kind of a ghost himself. You know, he's feels sort of invisible and unseen by his family and, and his peers. And so um, when he meets Ernest, I think that is the sort of like common um, thing that kind of um, bonds them is that they're both outsiders and ostracized in, in, in a way. And I think it's, it's that sense of... Um, isolation that really um makes them go out of their way to protect each other um even more because it's like okay we're we're here you know saying i got you you got me you know and we're gonna we're gonna do this do this together it's us against the world you know and um i think for me i was trying to come from a place of empathy and compassion and um seeing Ernest almost like as a child that i had to like pegged you know what I'm saying? Who, because he can't talk, he can't communicate, and and how we would as people, living people. Um, so, um, it's um, it's a cool family movie, but I wanted to really ground it in in truth. Yeah, I I love everything that you're saying there about the dynamic that he develops with with Ernest, played by David Harbour in the film, because you know it really feels like he just immediately sees the humanity. You know, like like you were saying, and in that first scene, there's kind of a couple of dynamics at play when he first meets Ernest, which is that he's laughing, he's not afraid, he sees a person kind of trying to exert something, and he's not responding, and and his response is, "My life is scary enough already." Like that's. Yeah. Not- um, and then he really kind of like starts to become very inquisitive very early on. And so for you in, in filming that first scene where he meets Ernest for the first time in the film, what were the important touch points and, and moments that you wanted to make sure to capture in terms of how he's responding in these different ways? Yeah, um, for me, it was just really making it clear. I think that's the first time the audience gets to really hear Kevin talk about how miserable his kind of everyday existence can feel as someone who doesn't feel seen by anyone else around him and um I think he um I I wanted to make it clear that this was so beyond like unimpressive to him it's like you know if anything else I'm just intrigued by what like how long you've been here you know who you are and just trying to get to know you and and see why this this happened you know it's um, the mystery is exciting for him as opposed to being intimidated by um, his mere existence in, in his attic. And I think that um, that that really makes our movie set apart or is unique from other stories that follow a similar trajectory. And so it it, it was important for me because it's the thing that really makes the movie unique. You know what I'm saying? It's to really 
play that beat up and really make it known to the audience how like mundane this is to Kevin. Um, and uh, it was really important to Chris to, to get that right as well. <laughs> yeah. And and with what you're saying there as well about how Kevin just doesn't feel seen and he doesn't feel heard in his, in his own life, that's even true within his own family. And and we kind of we meet him at a point where even his relationship with his dad and, and with his brother feels very fractured within their home. And you get that sense like they've moved around so much. And there's mention of the parents having gone through couples counseling together. And you get that sense of what it's like for him as a son to have been in the middle of that space. And so did you and Chris talk a lot about the backstory and kind of the overall family dynamic? because it feels like so much of that comes into play in terms of the family backstory as to like where Kevin's at emotionally. We did. We did. It was great. We did a lot of um, rehearsals and um, just sitting with the family, me, Anthony, Erica, and Niles, and just kind of talking about their dynamic. You know, I think Kevin is kind of on an island by himself, but his closest ally is his mom because he's always been very close to her and he's seen how... Um, many sacrifices she's made um, uh, to please his dad. And so there's a closeness there. If he's close to anyone, it's his mom. And then his dad and um, and um, his brother are kind of on an island by themselves because Niles' character, like, lives to please his dad. His dad is, like, his hero. And um, I think there was mention of, like, Kevin kind of possibly feels a bit of... um. um I guess, contention towards um, his brother because, you know, he, there was a time when um, he his dad was his hero as well. Um, and so I think that that was important to go just beyond the surface of what their dynamic actually is. And David actually had a lot of great ideas about what that was as well, um, because he, he made mention of the um, the film Ordinary People from 1970s, the Mary Tyler Moore film. Um, great movie, by the way. And he was like, you know, that is sort of like closest to what this dynamic is. And um, David had a lot of insight about the characters and about um, who they are as well. And did, did you and David Harbour have much time within that rehearsal period to really finesse the relationship between Kevin and Ernest? Because it's this beautiful, beautiful friendship that develops, but there's a lot of intricacies to that, even just in terms of figuring out what are the rules of engagement in terms of how they talk to each other and how they communicate with one another. And even just the rule of, you know, Kevin can't touch him, but he can touch Kevin and, and all those sorts of things. And so were you able to use time in pre-production to really figure that out together? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have an, like an exuberant amount of time, but it was great because David was like really committed to the physical aspect of the character and um, felt very like classic Hollywood uh, actor, you know, it was like um, uh, from a, like the Charlie Chaplin era of acting. Um, and so it was great to watch him. Um, incorporate that element into his performance and then uh, like I said with me and my interaction with him I really wanted to tap into the vulnerability of Ernest and, and Kevin you know what I'm saying and making it clear like this is an entity that is alone in the world and it is my job it is my mission to protect him from the world including my dad and my entire family really because it's it's their fault that we're exposed to all of this chaos and now I have to I almost feel responsible because I 
um, I expose them to that. So now I have to go even further to protect protect this this being and um, this fragile being. And so, um, yeah, that was really important. Just playing up the vulnerability and the the sort of intimate moments between them. I also think as a, as, as a performer, as an actor, it's such a unique approach to have to build such a central dynamic and friendship and relationship with throughout an entire movie with that many scenes together, where your scene partner is never responding in terms of dialogue because Ernest can't talk throughout the movie. Um, mm. And so that's a really interesting exercise to watch it play between the two of you as performers. And so how was that a completely different approach going into scenes and being the only one being driven with dialogue and really kind of carving out the spaces and, and the emotional connectivity in a completely different way to what you usually are asked to do in roles yeah it was that was the the challenge that was exciting for me and, and really attractive about like doing the movie um and then once I heard that David was gonna be doing it I was like okay so I'm working with an actor's actor so it's not like I'm gonna be um completely by myself on camera like I'm gonna have a lot to play off of and I did he gave me so much I didn't feel like I was having to be super imaginative or creative um, while he was there because he was so committed to the physical um, and emotional beats um, of, of Ernest. And so um, I, I didn't feel like I had to like do any extra work because he was right there the whole time. And it was cool because I don't know, David, <laughs> David is never plays anything safe like he's always willing to go above and and beyond so he was giving me ideas of how I could like approach him and and talk to him and um yeah it was great working with him I, I felt a, a real responsibility like to carry that emotional those emotional beats as far as like dialogue is is concerned and to like really play of the that sensitivity when speaking to him like okay I, I want to be very clear like listen the world is a scary place but you know I'm I'm here to you know guide you um and it's scary for me too you know it's like those things I think really help um establish their relationship and really make the audience root for the two of them um together so yeah on the on the other side of that as well, there there's also a couple of, of scenes in the movie as well where Kevin is very much the silent partner within a moment. There's a really beautiful scene with you and Anthony Mackie where his dad is essentially apologizing for a lot of the things and saying how much he admires him. And, and Kevin doesn't say a single word, and yet it's such a connective moment between the two of them. And so did you find that that by the time you came to film a scene like that, especially having been working alongside David so closely and looking at the way that he was approaching that sort of dynamic that that was giving you certain tools to come into a scene like that which is such an important moment for him as a character in the movie it's a great question and it's so interesting I don't trying to think because I don't think I'd done a lot of work with David at that point because we had actually filmed most of Mackie's portion um in like the first month of shooting because he was going to do another film right after. And so I did most of my work with David towards the end of production. But with that scene in particular, it was great. All I, I feel like all I had to do was just kind of focus my energy um, on kind of being numb. And once I did that, then everything else kind of flowed naturally. It's because at this point, that point in the movie, I had lost my best friend and I really let someone down, you know, so I made a promise to protect him and to keep him safe. And I couldn't do that successfully. I've lost my best friend and um, I've lost um, the person that is for the past, I guess, 
couple of weeks as the only person who's understood me and really made me feel seen and safe. And that person is gone. And so like having those thoughts in my head during that moment, it it helped a lot with um that that whole beat. And I'm I'm glad when in watching the movie, um it plays well. And I think that also has a lot to do with Anthony being a dad in real life and th- those moments when you have to, okay, check yourself as a parent, you know, and I think a lot of parents and a lot of kids can relate to it as well. With with this film as a whole as well, there's there's so many different kind of tones and genre at play, but in a very cohesive way. When you step back, you know, you've got this modernized ghost story, there's interpersonal family drama, there's comedy aspects, there's a couple of action sequences within it. Um, was mm-hmm. What was that journey in terms of just really understanding the voice and the tone that Chris wanted to create? Because I feel like he's so great at, at creating that kind of myriad of genre and tones into very cohesive pieces through his work as films. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I love Chris so much as a writer and and as a director. It's because you really have such a clear understanding of his voice and um, his personality and who he is as a person through his work. Um, And there's a very clear through line through all of his movies. And you might not be able to articulate it in words, but you just understand like, okay, this is this is a Chris Landon movie. And that to me is the the. Um, the sign of like a, a director that's going to be here for making movies for a very, very long time. It's because people can look at his work and be able to say, oh, this is this movie makes me feel how Happy Death Day did. Like I'm a little on edge, but I'm having such a good time and I'm having like so much fun watching these characters and watching the story play out. And that's another reason why it was I was really interested in in taking the project is because a lot of the work that I've done up to now has been sort of dark in subject matter. I'm very young in my career, but I've done a lot of like mature content. Um, and so this was an opportunity to do something that was centered in family and fun and um, really followed that um, similar trajectory that of movies that made me want to be an actor, you know, saying uh, the spectacles, this isn't really a spectacle movie, but like these like fun filled movies, um, Amblin type movies, um, like E.T. and Casper and that kind of thing. So um, to have someone like Chris, who has really a lot of his work, it feels very modern, but he's doing something from maybe um, an older model of like filmmaking from the 80s and 90s and kind of merging those two worlds but like the right next step for me is like a young actor and transitioning into a young adult Um, but still you know catering to my young fans as well. Yeah. I really, really love that. And, you know, when when you have scenes like Kevin and Joy running through multiple buildings, trying to mm-hmm. catch up with Ernest as, as they're trying to evade people coming after them or car chase sequences, what's the dynamic in going into scenes like that for a film like this? Because Kevin's very much, he's, you know, he doesn't know what the next move is going to be. He's very much figuring it out as it goes along. So there has to be a lot of spontaneity that you're bringing in those moments as well as all of the different stunt work and action pieces that have to come together with the choreography. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if people understand. It's very difficult to run on camera. Like it is actually, well, I find it to be very difficult. I don't know if other people would agree with me, but because like 
I get so into the scene, I just start running and running and running, and the camera is all the way back there, and I'm like, oh, God, they can't see me because I'm running too fast. And so you have to, like, time your movements and make your movements correlate with the movement of the camera. And so that was difficult. Like, I would be running. We were running across the street doing that sequence, and I would look back, and Issa and David were, like, all the way back there, and I'm like, oh, God. And they have to keep telling me, like, we get it. You can run fast, but slow down. <laughs> um, for us, um, that was a that was a difficult thing to do. And all of the, I think, the action sequences were pretty tough. Like, that day of us running, that was, like, just all day. Just us running and running in the hot Louisiana, sweltering uh, heat. <laughs> just running and running and running. And um, I loved it. I love, like, this is... I couldn't even bring myself to complain because again, like I always wanted to insert myself into movies um, that followed this model. Like it's the most fun, like th that, those portions, I was like, this is the part that like, I always wanted to do. Like, I feel like a little kid just like uh, getting to go to work and play make believe. Like it's so, so cool. It's so fun um, to, having, getting to do those things and, yeah, it just makes me, moments like that kind of make me appreciate my job and like, wow, I'm just like a big kid. <laughs> and for Kevin as well, one of the other central relationship dynamics that develops throughout the film for him is this friendship that he builds with joy. And it's it's really lovely to watch someone who has so many walls up and has had to move around so much and probably hasn't really lived in one place long enough to build long form relationships because he's, his family are always moving somewhere new and to kind of see what it looks like for those walls to kind of gradually come down and to build such a relationship of, of trust that he ends up having with her. And so for you, did, did the script early on really give you those those points and and those little touch points of okay this is where I feel like he's going to start to let her in a little bit this is where he's going to start to really trust her um and all those different aspects that you had to build together yeah for sure because I think aside from Ernest Joy is the, the only other person that Kevin can really um have a connection with and understand because she also is a bit of an outsider and is on an island by herself amongst her peers. Um, and I think that really intrigues Kevin. And I, I like that. Um, I think Kevin likes the fact that she's so much smarter than him and she's always um, a step ahead and has a lot of bite, um, but still very, still very sweet and, and has like good intentions. Um, and so um, it was great. Issa and I had great chemistry. Um, she is, um, such a sweetheart. She nailed all of those beats perfectly. And I think um, we got to play off each other in a really cool way. And like for the last month of shooting, it was just us and David in a hot car, like in a car yelling and screaming and like, ah, you know, um, so we had, had to uh, lean on each other and um, it was great. And I enjoyed um, um figuring out all of those puzzle pieces with her and having those like mystery detective, like kid detective moments with her. Like it was cool. Yeah. 
And you were you were talking earlier about a lot of the other projects that you've done, and you've done so many great projects across screen. You've worked on stage, um, and and working on a project like this with everything that it was asking for you, and the fact that, like you were saying, it, it did feel like something new and something different for you. What are the things that you feel it gave you an opportunity to really learn, or kind of spaces where it allowed you to grow as an actor from everything else that you've done in the past? Hmm, I think. For me, it was walking that line of like um, being funny and incorporating the comedy, but still grounding it in truth. Um, because, and I think that especially plays out within like the family dynamics. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, yes, <laughs> Kevin's relationship with his dad is like really um, strained, um, but we want to make sure that the audience is still like, Oh, that's my, that's me and my dad, you know, that's me and my, you know, it's me and my mom. Um, So I, I wanted to really ground it in something real. Yes, it's, it's entertaining and it's, you know, um, but I wanted to, that was the, like the challenge for me is, okay, how can I um, really make the, the reality of this situation come across, but not make it like too, too heavy because I am used to having to do things that are like really, really heavy and do leave like a big emotional, um, impact on me after shooting them like I did a movie called Charm City Kings where I was working every single day and on that film and I had to like watch my best friend die and you know and rob people and sell drugs and you know I did a movie Queen and Slim I had to kill a guy like it was I've done a lot of like heavy things and so I'm used to having to go to that dark place and and very easily and so this was, it was a challenge to sort of walk that line. It's like, okay, you can go there, but just don't go there like too much because we still want, this is still a very different genre. And I want people to still feel like, you know, light and fun and watching this, not like watching, um, I don't know, Jerry Springer or something <laughs> like, you know, family drama or like a soap opera. I don't know why I immediately went to Jerry Springer, but like, I don't want to know. I don't want it to be too heavy. I didn't want it to be too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really, really loved your performance in the film and, and so really appreciate getting the chance to talk to you today. Thank you so much for this. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Nice meeting you.